Welcome to Red, White, and Confused. I'm your host, Heather Evans. This week on the show, we're going to do something a little different. For those of you in the academic world, you may have noticed your institutions focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion in new and distinct ways since 2020. Campuses are advancing efforts to promote reforms to make their institutions more equitable for all faculty, staff, and students. And so with that in mind, I've invited three directors of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts on their campuses to chat with all of us today. So to begin, let me introduce the panel. First, we have John Holloway, who is Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion and Special Advisor to the President at Emory and Henry College. He joined the college five years ago, coming from the City University of New York, Lehman College in the Bronx, where he served as Dean of Students, and he has worked in student development and student affairs for over 30 years. Next, we have Tabitha Smith, who is the Associate Vice Chancellor for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion and the Title IX Coordinator at the University of Virginia's College at Wise. Tabitha is an alumna of UVA Wise and now has the honor as the first UVA Wise employee to receive the John T. Castine III Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Leadership Award in April of 2021. She is also a licensed professional counselor with more than 10 years of clinical experience in both public mental health and higher education settings. And finally, we have Kelsey R.M. Bush, who is a Chief Diversity Officer for St. Mary's College of Maryland, where he received his Bachelor of Arts degree in Political Science and Sociology Anthropology. He also earned a Juris Doctorate from the University of Maryland Francis King Carey School of Law. Prior to his appointment as Chief Diversity Officer, Kelsey worked for St. Mary's County Government as the Local Management Board and Youth Coordinator for St. Mary's County in the Department of Aging and Human Services Division of Human Services for 20 years. So thanks to all of you for being on the panel today, and I can't wait to talk with you about the efforts that your colleges are taking in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I'm going to kick this off with an, a, a kind of a free-for-all question, and anyone can take this one. When people hear diversity, equity, and inclusion, or they hear the phrase DEI, the letters DEI, many different things come to mind. What is a really good definition of DEI and why is it so important? Oh, no one's hopping on. I'll say real quickly, um, I won't really give a definition, but I'll say a thought is that I think there is no true definition um, fully because I think it should fit your culture, right? And so I think, Heather, you learned that during our DEI faculty relook workshop in August where um, our office at UVA Wise had developed definitions that we thought matched our culture and then when we had 10 faculty together they were like no actually we need to probably change these right because I think what is going to match for wise isn't going to match for Emory and Henry you know even though we're in the same area the population that we serve and and so so one good thing I can say is we do have definitions but we have definitions for what is UVA wise and and what that really kind of stands for. So, um, so there's not really a catch-all phrase. I, I think it should be inclusive to whatever your organization, your business, or your institution is. Um, 
for us, an example is diversity is not just limited to gender or race or ethnicity. We count socioeconomic status because we have a lot of first year generation students. Um, military status is included. So that would be my really quick elevator statement. Great. And for the other two of you, do you are there other aspects to DEI for your institutions? Well, you know, we actually, we capture uh, many different communities. Oh, by the way, Heather, thank you so much for the opportunity to participate in this uh, this show. Uh, so, so yeah, we, we likewise, we, uh, we base it on uh, really trying to capture and, and provide support for a variety of different communities. Uh, uh, and, and not just based on race, but we also include uh, just all sort of walks of life and even look at things like socioeconomic status and what are the special needs of that community. And our bottom line is we want everyone at the college to feel at home and to feel like this is this is theirs as well and that our policies uh, reflect uh, being welcome and included. So. Uh, and, and, and I can say real quick that it was it was uh, just a few years ago that DEI for the first time was on the tongue of everybody. Uh, all of a sudden, it was it was it wasn't just an inside uh, understanding, but it was after the social movements of that summer, and it became so widespread, and folks were recognizing for the first time. Yeah, that's a great point. And Kelsey, do you? Um, Quickly, we don't look at it as a definition. We look at it as a structural construct. And you, you know, usually the, the easiest way that we explain it is this way. We've had diversity for a while. But the way that we've had diversity is a simple fact that there is a big table and a lot of people that were sitting at small tables. What we're doing when we're you know, doing the equitable and inclusive approach is bringing everyone to a circular table so that they can see one another and have voice and have conversation and elevate the voices that need to be elevated. You know, because sometimes people who have been talking the whole entire time need to listen. And that's, that's kind of how we define it. And then we base it out of culture and then the different groups. Um, because as both Tabitha and, and John have said, it's got to match the culture of wherever you are. You know, there is not one definitive way to define it because you know it when you see it, kind of to use a, a Supreme Court line. So, I mean, that, that's the easiest way that we try to use it as a common language across, across our campus. Yeah. And John, you mentioned that it seemed like after the summer of 2020, everyone was really focused on DEI efforts at their institutions. Did, did each of you see a shift on your particular campuses? Or Kelsey, you just said that it really your campus has been focused on diversity for quite some time. Did you feel that shift after 2020? I think that the overall... Um, thrust of it picked up because our campus has been trying to work on this in some sort of form for the last six years um you know starts and stops you know sometimes with committees sometimes with individuals but it, it got to the point where 
with 2020, everyone's eyes were there. And people wanted to see what you actually were doing because we, you know, we did a lot of surveys. We did a lot of, a lot of the nut and bolt things in the background, but people wanted to see what you're producing up in front. And I think that's the change that we've really seen on our campus is that people have moved away from sort of the structural things that you might be doing. They want to, they want to see it. They want to feel, you know, be it students, faculty, or staff. They want to see the bigger changes and see, you know, and see that shift start to move, no matter what it is, to, to be inclusive, to be diverse, and, you know, doing it through the, the equitable lens, so. Yeah. John, do you, do you think that Emory and Henry took more formalized steps after 2020? Did you feel it as well, other than just looking at the other institutions? Did you feel it at Emory and Henry? Absolutely. I mean, it, our, our faculty were immediately mobilized and, uh, in fact, uh, pulled together a, a, uh, a training that was really centered around faculty efforts around uh, uh, anti-racism. And uh, it was an effort that had never been done on this campus before. And they came a knocking, they sought funding and they wanted to make sure that this wasn't just a moment of time and that in fact, it was going to be something that spread. And I think that uh, uh, it, what also became important was that we not pounced and become real re reactionary because it, it seemed like so many different places wanted to do something really fast and to do something that seemed to matter. And uh, uh, we just took things not slowly, but we just were real thoughtful in, in our actions because some of those same institutions who made some really drastic changes I think I've heard stories where they have tried to undo what they changed. And so we, uh, we were thoughtful about it. And I think that there's still some things that, um, that are in the works, but we certainly saw an immediate change. Mm -hmm. And how about at UVA Wise, Tabitha? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think John hit it actually, which is exactly what I was gonna say. I, I think the intentionality behind um, hopefully what I think everyone did um, was there, but it wasn't. So for WISE, it sounds like we were the same um, as you all in regards to being intentional and not being reactive. So has DEI always been a part of, of UVA WISE? Absolutely, just like it probably has of both other institutions here, you know, um, our identity, and our mission has always been around a diverse population. I mean, we know our heritage was a poor farm and serving students who couldn't get an education right because of, of our Southwestern location. But we had these sprinkles of things throughout our history and our heritage. But as Kelsey said, nothing that was just solidified. So, so out of that summer, our first ever strategic plan around diversity, equity, and inclusion, which follows like our inclusive excellence framework happened in, in 2001 and was intentional around it. Now, 
before we move on, in case people are driving around and they've just clicked over to this channel and are listening to us, I want to introduce everyone one more time. So hi, everyone. This is Red, White, and Confused, and I'm your host, Heather Evans. We're actually doing a panel today on diversity, equity, and inclusion with three different directors of DEI efforts on their campuses. We're joined by John Holloway from Emory and Henry College, Tabitha Smith from UVA Wise, and Kelsey Bush from St. Mary's College of Maryland. Um, now, tell me a little bit about what's been happening at your campuses. What are the things that your college is doing to try to move the needle on DEI internally? Well, I mean, I, I, I'll be happy to, to speak first about this. I, I think that... Um, for for Emory and Henry, we we actually had a a, uh, a really successful incoming class of uh, of students uh, overall. But our students of color uh, really went off the charts for the first time. And one of the things one of the things that we're really focused on is how do we uh, impact. Uh, their lives on campus, their lives in the community, how do we uh, help them feel engaged? And, um, and overall, that, um, that they succeed here in, in college. And um, I got to tell you, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been a blessing, uh, but it's also been a huge challenge because once again, trying to figure out with the assistance of our students, of exactly what matters, and uh, that they have a sense of of belonging to Emory and Henry, and that is not a a small feat because many of our students come from outside of the region, and so they're here at predominantly white institution uh, at within uh, the rural South, and uh, and that becomes a challenge, you know, particularly as they seek to find meaning and understanding for their time, both in and outside the classroom. And so uh, our focus, our focus has been, uh, at least in DEI, we have a brand new DEI house and we're trying to make sure that they understand that there are safe spaces on campus. We have all types of programs, programming, uh, uh, student clubs and organizations are a vital part and helping to build engagements so we've mobilized them. And so, uh, but Heather, we're still trying to figure it out. So uh, that's one of the efforts we're focusing on. Yeah. How about you, Kelsey? For, for us, you know, our office is a little different. We're not just purely student focused. We're also staff and faculty focused. And one way that we're addressing things, we've partnered with the um, provost office and we're doing a cluster hire. Uh, this year, specifically focusing on individuals are coming from minoritized or specialized in minoritized work, um, specifically Africa, you know, looking at it from African American lens first, but not foremost. Um, the important thing there is getting professors that look like our students, um, because 30% of our population put together fall into a categorize of minoritized individuals. And if you add in first gen, it even slides it up even further. So it's not that, you know, we, we are, excuse me, we are doing a, a good job at recruiting. 
our our dream right now this is our this is coming you know one of those things that we say in our office i don't know who else subscribes to it on campus but when we're recruiting we want to reflect our state and that means maryland has shifted to a majority minority state so in order to do that 51 percent of everything has to be majority minority but then you have to get into the you know we've talked about how do we dispel sort of our caste systems that we already have within our institution i mean because you can hire people but how do you hire people that are in you know faculty positions or staff positions that are that are visualized you know not saying that you know everyone doesn't have their important parts in the puzzle but it's good to see people in positions outside of what our mental models have put forward for us. So that's type of kind of the work that we're working on right now. Um, we're working with our, you know, with our student affairs office on multiple projects, you know, cultural and otherwise. But we, as someone in, you know, one of my colleagues put, we aren't the office that has any programming. Yeah, you know, we have programming, but we don't have anything because we're so reliant on other people to do the work. And that's the one, the one thing that we're, that we're also working on is that we're moving towards the belief that it's not work, it's what we do, it's who we are. And moving it from where it is the responsibility of the DEI people to as a shared collective responsibility. Because without everyone's hands, we're not gonna change anything. So we're really focusing on the system change work, we're working on the, the faculty side and still supporting our students. But, you know, it's one bite at a time of the elephant as, as they say, so. Yeah, yeah, and the, the diversity, equity and inclusion work takes us all. And Tabitha, how are things at UVA Wise? Yeah, how can I follow up with that? That was beautiful, <laughs> I loved it. And I agree. So the only thing that I can really add to what, what they're doing is, is honestly simple for, I think anyone listening is I think the catalyst for change is your time, right? And that's what you hear when you're passionate and when you care about something and you want something, as Kelsey said, to be institutional or for your business and you want it to be that value. You just really have to get your time. And if you don't understand, then you understand, right? Like, we, we hear that, um, you know, in counseling and the healthcare world of do no harm. And so I think part of, part of my job really has been um, to be humbled by the things I don't know. And all of us should not be afraid to not learn and to grow. And when there is something around a religion or a race or um, anything that you don't know, I think being accountable, being okay, being empathetic and not de- you know, humanizing somebody, just learning and giving your time to care. Now, I know, uh, John, you, you said earlier that you in your freshman class coming in this year, you had a significant uptick in the number of individuals who were coming in who uh, identified as non-white. Um, and I think that that's the case for other institutions as well. Although Tabitha, I'm not sure that that applied for UVA wise this year. Kelsey, did that apply at St. Mary's this year? It wasn't a record number, but we actually saw our uptick in our, our Latinx population, you know, our Hispanic population, which 
you know, it's due to some specific outreach that we're, you know, doing um, in the Prince, Prince George's, Washington, D.C. area. But still, you know, we're bringing individuals into an area where they're underrepresented, you know, in the local community. So, I mean, that's that's an interesting, you know, that's one of our interesting things that we have to take into account now is, you know, we're a rural you know, community just like y'all, but a little different. You know, because we sit on the water and we have a military base that sits up the road that is a technological giant, but it still doesn't make people feel at home when they drive into the community and don't see things that they're familiar, you know, familiar with. It's how do we how do we use what we have on campus to really, you know, assist them in, in making making that movement to be to to feel a part of a community. Yeah. So yeah, and I've had a lot of conversations with students about how they feel on campus and then how they feel off campus. Are any of your institutions or your offices working specifically on the larger community? So are, are there things that you're doing that address maybe the equity, the diversity, the inclusion students feel when they leave your campus? Oh, I'll, I'll take this one. This is this is some work that we've been trying to do with um, locally with our um, local community college, which is regional and it touches the three um, counties that are, you know, that surround us. You know, so St. Mary's, Charles and Calvert, the, uh, the tri-county region. And then some other activists on, you know, developing a program and some training specifically directed towards business. That's kind of a DEI focus where uh, badging would go on the businesses more or less that they support it, but they have to continue the training in order to keep that badging. So we're in the inf infant stages of that. We're also working with our local NAACP and uh, PFLAG chapters to look at ways that they can assist our, you know, our staff, our, our community. Since they are members of the community, how can they assist us in some way, our students, staff, and faculty in understanding that they're not alone here? And that there are resources here for them. Um, additionally, you know, using some of the resources of our, you know, the, of different things that are already established within county government and also within, you know, within some of the employers to see how we can do similar work together. So that a lot, a lot of employers are trying to struggle that struggle with the same sort of mission of how do you bring in diverse, uh, diverse workforce to an area. And have them remain and feel comfortable in the area and become part of the community rather than always be on the outside and traveling in and always looking for a place to go to and leaving the area. So we've had those conversations um, probably for the last year, but you know, COVID kind of takes takes some of that steam out because you can't really meet face-to-face -to, -face to strategize for some of it. So we're in the process. Yeah. And John, I know that at Emory and Henry, you've been having some community conversations, correct? We have, Heather. And I got to tell you, I am in awe of uh, the energy uh, that our uh, representatives uh, from our local community and, and the region have uh, have demonstrated and shown. You, you mentioned uh, the, the early part of your question was, have you reached out? Well, they reached to us. We, they they knew about the success that we had in our enrollment. And uh, 
And they and they basically said, listen, we want to be a part of their success. We want them to know that uh, that this community supports them and we want to find ways to invite them into the community and to uh, and so we've been meeting uh, it feels like every maybe three weeks and uh, we have a variety of uh, subcommittees that are looking at uh, just different activities and uh, uh, we have a, a, a new uh, survey of engagement that's going out uh, to our students because again uh, as far as the community is concerned uh, uh, all of our partners and we have a variety of folks from who were some are alum uh, some are uh, business leaders some are just folks who are who are involved who care about this this uh, our campus and our community and uh, they have all uh, come together and the group isn't shrinking in fact it's getting larger uh, there's some good news going on here and I hope that this continues but they have really taken the liking to trying to figure out what they can do for our students and uh, and our students uh, uh, as with all uh, all of our programming uh, they've been sort of uh, slow to come out uh, but I think we're going to figure it out and uh, so we have the survey that's happening. Um, and in fact, we have a, a huge couple of events coming up. Uh, we've had a, um, a sort of a spaghetti dinner just to get to know. We're just really trying to find some ways to do some more fellowship and having an opportunity to make, make sure students feel at ease with our different community members. And so, yeah, we have lots of events coming up um, and I tell you, I, I'm encouraged. I am uh, in awe of how the community has stepped up. That's great. And Tabitha, how are things at WISE? Do you see also movement in the community? Yeah, I think so. I mean, things like this, as you know, awesome as it is, people in all of our areas are going to hear that and see what we're like moving and shaking, right? Um, I, I think I think the hard part is is all of us want to continue to be actionable, you know, where we're at. And so you get focused on that and it gets hard to be like, oh gosh, how do I take on a whole county when I just got to manage, you know, where I'm at? But no, we're, it, it's beautiful to see things. We still have a long way to go, um, but we're getting there. And some of those things have already been um, some difficult conversations with local business owners around racial profiling and understanding their student demographics and um, things like, uh, like, you know, just like you've gone to the Wise Business Association. And I've said, here are where students are coming from. Here are the students that we have here. And, and I think, again, going back to educating and understanding and caring, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll get there. Well, thanks again to all three of you for joining me today. And I hope that everyone listening has enjoyed our conversation as much as I have. And I'm willing to bet that even when this call is over, we're going to continue to talk and engage with each other. Uh, so thanks to everyone for being here. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you missed any piece of the show today, you can catch up anytime through podcasting. You can also listen again Sundays at one and the show also airs on Thursdays at six. Have a great week.